Hi, I'm Pastor Kaylee. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Wood Street Chapel in Fortuna, California. You can find out more information about our church at www.woodstreetchapel.org. Of, of hurt, of loss. Over the past few weeks, I have seen death. I have seen destruction. I have seen devastation. And I'm not talking about at the national scale. I'm talking about just within my, my personal circle of people that I know. And as a, a pastor, I, I'm aware of, of maybe more of those things that are happening on a day-to-day basis than, than those of the rest of us that are, that are here. But as we're experiencing those types of things, and, and, and the thing is, is every single person here has, has those experiences. It, that, that's not abnormal to the, the human race. Loss, hurt, destruction, death. All of those things take place and, and they, they ravage the lives of the people we love. But this morning, as I, well actually over the, the past week as I've been kind of preparing for, for this morning, I was reminded yet again, and it, again, the reason we need all of these reminders that we see in the Word of God is because it takes that many times for us to click in that, that this is who we, we are. And so at, this morning, as, as we look back on the week, look back on the month, look back on this year at, at the loss, at the, the hardship, the hurt, the pain, the, the devastation that may exist in your life, we are going to see yet one more time who God says we are in the midst of those hardships. And I've shared with you before the the example, the incredible example of Horatio Spafford, and he's the the man who wrote um, It Is Well With My Soul, that that hymn. And and I've shared with you the story of of how he's writing this hymn of, of really proclaiming God's sovereignty in the midst of his four daughters perishing in a, at sea in a storm. And this morning, as, as I was kind of looking at, at that particular hymn, there's the, the very first line. It says, When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, And I was thinking about what I would have written <laughs> had, had I been sailing across the sea and I was at a similar location and, and where my family potentially died in a shipwreck. What would I have written? When rage like a burning inferno attendeth my way (laughs) when peace like a river this morning that's that's the aspect of our identity that we will be focusing on we have been given peace Last week we talked about the fact that that we've been given grace and and grace is amazing and because of that grace we have been given peace. 
Ephesians 1, 2 says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in all ways. May the Lord be with you. I asked Kaylee last night if I should use this illustration. For those of you with small children, you'll understand this, but for everybody else, just go with me for a minute. So <laughs> when, I, when I was thinking about peace... I was thinking about a cartoon called Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> and there's this, this scene where this little panda is, is sitting there and he's trying to, to kind of chant or, or meditate. And the, the way he meditates is inner peace. Inner peace. And so Dustin Hoffman is the, playing the voice of this panda and he just keeps chanting inner peace. And all of these sounds are, are distracting him and driving him crazy. And he's still just inner peace until he just loses it. <laughs> you can't have inner peace. It doesn't work that way. The peace that we get comes from something else. It comes from someone else. It comes from Jesus Christ. That's, that's where our peace comes from. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Peace is not something that can come from my own best efforts. Peace in my life is dependent 100% on Jesus Christ and who he is. This verse in 2 Thessalonians kind of brings about another example that I think we need to, to think about it. And for those of you that maybe remember seeing these newsreels, and maybe you've seen them in history class, uh, the year was around 1938, and I think it was around September, and it's at an airport as Neville Chamberlain steps off of the plane after having, in his mind, what was a successful uh, summit, a successful meeting with the Chancellor and Fuhrer of Germany, Adolf Hitler. And this is what he says. He says, we, the German Fuhrer and Chancellor and the British Prime Minister, have had a further meeting today and are agreed in recognizing that the question of Anglo-German relations is of the first Foremost, foremost importance for, two, for our two countries and for Europe. We regard the agreement signed last night and the Anglo-German naval agreement as symbolic of the desire of our two peoples to never go to war with one another. We're resolved that the, the method of consultation shall be the method adopted to deal with any other questions that may concern our two countries, and we're determined to continue our efforts to remove possible sources of difference, and thus to contribute to assure the peace of Europe. And so Chamberlain reads this statement to this cheering crowd in front of the, their... Uh, state building, their capital building. And he says, my good friends, this is the second time in our history that there has come back from Germany to Downing Street, peace with honor. And I believe it is peace in our time. And so this, this message is what is the precursor to World War II. 
peace in our time. World War II. <laughs> the, the contrast is, is amazing, and, and it seems like a complete pipe dream, right? But if we look at the, the letter from Paul to the Thessalonians, he, he uses the phrase, peace at all times and in all ways. Is it the same thing? Is this the same thing as what, what Neville Chamberlain is saying, peace in our time? Is, it, is Paul just completely off his rocker? Or is there something else that we need to pay attention to here? Did Paul know what it was that he was talking about? You know, that, that really is the first question when Paul is saying that we're supposed to have peace in all times and all, in all ways. What, what is he talking about? Maybe, maybe Paul didn't understand how hard our life was going to be. Is it possible that maybe Paul didn't recognize the hardship that the other churches in his time, the, the hardships that they were going through? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is if we look at the hardships that he went through, he had a, a pretty rough go. We know that of the, the hardships that he's talked about, that he's, he's very much aware of the conflict, of the consequences that come by saying, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. The, the conflicts that Paul was aware of were, were ranging from the interpersonal strife that existed within the churches of the time to the conflicts that are happening between nations. All of these different conflicts existed and, and there seemed to be a complete lack of peace. But in the midst of all of this, Paul is saying that there should be peace in all times. Paul was, was writing to the, the people of Thessalonica. This was a, a city that was on the Gulf, on a, a waterway, and it was first called Thermi, and it was renamed for a daughter of Alexander the Great. It was the capital of one-third of the, the nation of Macedonia. It was a military, commercial, social hub Scholars believe that, that Paul wrote this letter around 52 AD. The, the people within the church were undergoing struggle. There was persecution from other people outside the church. There was conflicted teaching happening within the church. There was soul searching that was going on with people that, that didn't know what it meant to be a follower of Christ. They were racked with concern of, am I good enough? And it, it's so interesting because if we look at that list of, of issues that exist, and I didn't tell you we were talking about Thessalonica, and I didn't tell you we were talking about the year 52 AD. I think we could probably say that all of these same things exist in our church today. Is there persecution from other people? Absolutely. Is there conflicted teaching that happens within the church? You bet. 
Is there internal soul searching over whether or not you can ever measure up to the grace that God has given you 100%? There's a, a concern within the church that they, they may not be able to stand up to the challenges that are going to be coming their way. And instead of agreeing with them, Paul's saying, well, yeah, you guys are pretty much are sunk, Sorry. Um, no, he, he doesn't do that. He, he writes to them and he points out their, their strong points. He says, you're, you're doing great here. You're, you're doing wonderfully. Stand strong. Who better than Paul to encourage when Paul has gone through so many of these same hardships, so many of these same conflicts? He's building them up so that in turn they will be able to bring glory to God. And he ends his letter to the church with this phrase, peace at all times and at every way and in every way. Peace at all times. Peace at all times. Let's just stop for a minute. You know, I, I started this morning saying that, you know, as I look back on the, the past few weeks and, and the different events that have taken place in people's lives that, that I'm aware of, there's hardship, there's hurt, there's loss, there's death, there's pain, there's destruction, there's all of these terrible things that are going on, but in the midst of that, God wants there to be peace at all times. What does that mean? How, what does that look like? As you stop and think about in your life, what are the, the hardships and, and the, the areas that seem like there is a storm raging that God is, is reaching into the middle of and saying that there is peace available to you in this moment? If we look at the word peace that Paul is using here, it is a Greek word that ties very closely to that Hebrew word shalom that we have talked about. And, and my favorite translation of the, that word shalom is God's highest and most complete good in your life. God's highest and most complete good in your life. That's the peace that God is wanting to give you. Matt, I'm, I'm dealing with a loss, a death in my family, and it hurts. And God says, I know it hurts. God isn't just going to magically make the hurt go away, but in the midst of that loss, in the midst of that hurt, he's going to say, you still have my highest and complete good. The peace that we are intended to have at all times is God's highest and most complete good. And if we stop for a moment and think about what that means in the context of, of our struggle, Imagine for a moment that you are that church that is, that is struggling from persecution from the outside, that is struggling with loss inside, that is struggling with wondering whether or not you're ever going to measure up. 
And the leader of, of the church comes and says, in the midst of all of that hardship, in the midst of your struggle, there is still peace available to you. Not only is it peace that's available to you sometimes, it's a peace in all times. What does Paul mean when he he uses this phrase, in all times? The the meaning of the words that he's using when you look at at the Greek translation for that phrase is continuous, never-ending. The peace that, that Paul is speaking about that comes from Jesus Christ is continual. It is abundant. It is sustained. It is never ceasing. So in times of of difficulty, in times of strife and hardship, there is a continual state of peace that is available to you. It is available to get us through whatever hardship we may be facing. And not only is it in all times, but it's in all ways. We were so close to, I mean, really having that peace in all times was enough. But when we look at at that peace being available in all ways, it talks about peace being available in every aspect of our life. Where it's, it's omnipresent, it's always there. It's the the secret weapon that's available to us as followers of Christ. One might ask the question, well, if this peace is available, then why why do we turn our back on it so frequently? If if this God-given peace is available to me, and if it's something that, that I can access whenever I need it, then why is it that I, I don't rely on it as much as I do? And, and really, the fact of the matter is, we don't because we rely on ourselves so frequently. So often, we, we have to get to the end of ourselves before we turn to the peace that is God's highest and most complete good for our life. If you think back to times where your your prayer life is the strongest, so often your prayer life is the strongest when you are going through hardship. So often your reliance on God is at its, its peak, at its best, when you are going through things that are completely outside of your control and you have to say, God, I don't know how to do this anymore. And so because I don't know how to do this anymore, I have to come to you. God says, you should have been here all along. He doesn't say that, but that's what, (laughs) that's, that's the reality of the situation. We should have been there all along. Why would we want to turn our back on the aspect, or on the, the, the process of peace coming into our life? from the Prince of Peace. 
Why would we cut ourselves off from the opportunity for good to triumph over evil? Why would we limit the power of God? Who wouldn't leap at the possibility of that kind of peace? Paul gives this promise. He says, no matter what your difficulty or your hardship may be, God will give you peace. That's, that's it for today. I mean, that's, that's the, the message in a nutshell, is that no matter what your difficulty may be, no matter what hardship you are going through, God will grant you peace. In the middle of conflict, as you work through that conflict and as you come through the other side, God will give you peace. Sometimes we, we struggle with this idea, well, I don't really need to bother God about this particular thing, do I? I don't really need to. He's busy. He's doing other things. He doesn't need to worry about this area of my life. I mean, God died on a cross so that he could spend time with you. You know, I think of, of that example of the Samaritan woman at the well. I mean, Jesus Christ came to earth. He lived a human life. He goes to the well. He meets that woman who is living in complete sin and has a totally messed up life. And God came to be with her and to use her to spread the news of his gospel. God wants to give you that perfect peace, a, a peaceful mind a peaceful outlook on life, a peaceful witness to other people so that when people look at you, they say there's something different about that person. There's, there's something different about Arnie. There's something different about Diane. They, they have a peace. God is longing to remind us that he can handle our difficulties. They are not too much for him. God is with us. God will help us work through the, the difficulties and the struggles that we face. When peace, like a river, Attendeth my way. Say, so come back as we kind of prepare to close and we, we look at that particular hymn one more time and we, we look at that hardship. That, that is God's peace living out and being a witness for that man. Through that man. When peace like a river attendeth my way. God, when your peace is, is more than a river, it washes over us, it, it guards us, it protects us, we get perfect peace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that your peace reigns in our life. Lord, help us to turn to that peace 
in the midst of hardship. Help us to turn to that peace in the midst of loss and brokenness. Help us to remember that, that you are sovereign. And your sovereignty means that nothing catches you by surprise. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small that we're wasting your time. God, you are sovereign. You are over all. We thank you for that. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about Wood Street Chapel, check out our website, woodstreetchapel.org, or email us, info at woodstreetchapel.org. Connect with us on Facebook to stay in the loop. 